King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Yes, you are, Double J. Hello, everyone out there. This is your good pal, Dane, and this is another wonderful episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, where we talk about wrestling from the past week and uh, break it down, basically, and, you know, converse, if you will. Uh, Tonight's going to be another uh, stranger evening. Um, Unfortunately, my good partner, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, um, had to call in, if you will. Uh, well, we're not getting paid for this, so it's a little bit different. Basically, he had something that he had to do. I said, no problem, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, you know, I can just go and take a nap. Uh, but then I decided that what he would probably want and what you guys would probably want out there in Geek Fives Nation is for me to at least go over some of the stuff. So... Chris is a badass. He's a freaking wrestling knowledge dictionary man. You know, uh, that was one thing that when I was out of wrestling, uh, you know, intrigued me about him. Uh, we actually met because of music-related, uh, you know, affairs. But, uh, yeah, he I just knew that he was a big wrestling nerd. When I got back into it and we had this whole podcast thing going on, I asked him to join me. And it's probably the smartest decision I've made in a very long time, honestly. So, uh, yeah. Let him, uh, you know, do his thing, and uh, we will get through this whole entire wonderful shabam. You know, sometimes work holds you up and stuff, and uh, I've definitely done that too. So, yeah, he'll be back on next week. We'll be back at a normal time. We won't have any more of this weirdness. So just, uh, you know, bear with us. But I also wanted to mention, if you guys are new listeners or anyone out there, definitely join us on GVNation.com. That's GV as in Geek Vibes, Nation.com. That's where you'll find links and news and articles from our various writers about anything geek-related from, you know, movies to video games to sports. we got different people doing that stuff. And also a link to everything that we have going on. So if you want to get to our Instagram, our Twitter, um, any, anything, our Facebook page, of course, at Geek Vibes Nation, you guys can find it there. And also our blog talk and our iTunes uh, accounts and links directly to those podcasts, like the one that you're hearing right now. So definitely check them out. My biggest thing I'm trying to, uh, you know, um, our fans to do is, is a little bit more interaction. Now, we have our Geek Vibes Nation family on both Twitter and Facebook uh, that, you know, encompass the whole entire thing going on right now. But specifically with the wrestling uh, fans, if you guys came into this, I'm checking out the numbers. We are doing, you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that, but we're doing pretty good. I would love to hear feedback. So if that's the case, Find us at Geek Vibes Nation on Facebook. Search it in, uh, and then you know, join the group. And uh, every time I post the episode that is on the Facebook page itself, that's where you can comment and you can ask questions. We can answer them the next week. We can do all that. Let's try to bring you know bring in a little bit of an interaction. Uh, I'd like to make this 
a, a community, if you will. Uh, we already have one for all of our movie stuff, and I want to expand to some of my wrestling fans out there. So I appreciate the listen, and I'm sure you're getting sick of me talking. So also just want to say before I get started with the news and everything, um, last time, and I feel it coming right now, if, if I get a little bit uh, raspy, if I sound like Stevie Nicks uh, before she's about to record a Fleetwood Mac album, uh, I don't know why, but my voice will tend to go out. So it's probably because I'm talking about myself, but I'm drinking water. So if, if you hear me do anything that sounds like drinking water, it probably is. I'll try to make it quiet. Uh, I'll do what I can. All right, so the first thing, um, I want to uh, start off the show by letting you guys know that we're going to be starting a new segment on the show. Uh, this is kind of just a collaboration of me and uh, Chris playing WWE 2K18 um, and just conversing and deciding that it would be a lot of fun to do a certain segment um, basically dedicated towards a wrestler. Um, people might know, and, and you know, I, I'm sure diehard fans would know, but maybe some of the audience don't know that well or don't know at all. And we want to kind of highlight a person from the past and then go ahead and highlight a current superstar, one that at least is in this generation of wrestlers. So we're going to start that next week. Uh, we're going to start with a bigger name and we're definitely going to try to get a little more vague, if you will, or, or try to get someone that's like, you know, not as well known. Uh, but at first we're going to start with the great Muda. Great Muda will be our first uh, person. And I think I had this idea, and, you know, this is one of those things where I just say it on air. Um, I think that unless Chris has someone better in mind, uh, when we do the following week, when we do the newer superstar, I would like to do that with Walter. Um, I've been really big on Walter. I really wish I got to review for you guys uh, the match that he had at Progress against Tyler Bate. Heard it was awesome. I'll check that out later on um, after I watch NXT um, after we do the show. So, yeah. There's that, uh, but uh, definitely going to be looking forward to checking out Great Muda, uh, learning a little bit more about his backstory. I know Keiji Muto um, fairly well, and I want to review some of the matches I've seen. Uh, he's had great matches with Hulk Hogan, with Sting, with uh, Ric Flair. Uh, the list goes on and on. Jushin Thunder Liger. So, and then recap his wrestling matches and kind of just uh, you know go over in ten minutes. Uh, that wrestler uh, in a nutshell and uh, suggest some matches to watch some that you can probably find on the network stuff of that nature but uh, yeah look forward to that guys I think we're going to call it showcase mode but I realize that's one of the modes on WWE 2K so uh, we'll probably have to come up with another name uh, I don't think they're going to you know sue us for copyright infringement but still you never know speaking about WWE 2K I wanted to talk a little bit about WWE 2K19 um, I'm really looking forward to the game. Uh, it comes out this weekend. Actually, I'm pretty sure some people are already playing it. I'm pretty sure the pre-sale uh, version went down today. So if that's the case, if you're enjoying it, great. Uh, to all the haters out there that just have to go on every single post about this and let everyone know that the game sucks so bad and the engine's horrible. Um, I really do like this game. It's definitely glitchy, and I'm hoping that they got certain things worked out within this version. But for the most part, I loved um, I know everyone's uh, big on Fire Pro. I never really played it too much. I played it a little bit, and I thought it was an awesome game. But I was big into both the engine that was THQ, AKI for No Mercy, and WCW, Revenge, WWF, WrestleMania, those three games for 64 that basically kind of Ukes took the main concept and made SmackDown. And uh, I feel like this is a very 
you know, updated version of that engine. And I really do appreciate some of the details they've tried to do. Now, the glitch factor and, and the fact that people think a lot of times that's basically just a – and I think all the 2K games have this problem uh, – basically just a newer version of the last game, if that makes sense. Not a lot of differences. Not a lot of advancements. And I'm, I'm hoping, uh, from what I hear <laughs> – from what I hear, uh, a lot of things have changed, but I'm hoping that they have at least gotten some of the glitches where you would just like do an elbow drop to the outside and then your body would somehow like fucking shoot from one side to the other and go to the other side of the uh, arena. It was very strange, some of the glitches that happened. I'm not going to lie. All the clunkiness with setting up ladders and tables, just a pain in the ass. Um, I'm hoping all those problems get fixed. My biggest thing that's not going to happen is, is I just, my complaint is, don't understand why we got Yokozuna in 2K14, uh, and they never did it again. Um, it just bothers me. I really like Yokozuna, and people do a great job with the creator wrestlers. So one of the reasons why you buy the game is that you can download and do all these infinite battles. Um, but, you know, Yokozuna's body mode is not in the game. Nothing looks like him, and you have to wait until the PC version comes out, which is what, like, five months before the fucking new version comes out. It just, it's a shitty situation unless you download through them and someone basically went in there and altered the game completely. Uh, the ones they have in the creator wrestler, just, you can't do that. I've already looked and tried. It doesn't work. What are you going to do? Um, which, you know, I can complain about it or I can just realize what it is. Realize that the DLC is kind of bullshit, but you know, shit happens. Um, and just enjoy playing it and hope for the best. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, here's actually uh, two matches. All right, so if, if you were listening to me earlier, I want you guys to join our Facebook group and then post on there about wrestling or anything in general. It does not matter. We do everything. Um, but mainly, answer this question. So this is kind of, you know, the whole thing about 2K is that there's fantasy matches that you can do, endless fantasy matches. Um, just, just, just a, a buttload, if you will. But I basically use the game mainly for that. But there's, there's a lot of other stuff. I don't, I don't want to sell it short. Um, so a concept for two different tag matches that I want you guys to ponder. Can you ponder for me? Um, we have. And this is, you can go ahead and play it on the game. You can play on the new one. You can play it on 2K19 before I get it this weekend. I'll make me mad, but I'll have to get over it. Um, but, like, if, if we had these two scenarios for tag matches, you have – and let's pretend it's an even playing field. No one's bigger than the others. This is the, these guys are from their primes of now versus from their primes of, of yesteryear, if you will. So you've got two different matchups to choose on what you would like to see more. So that we have the Mega Powers, which consists of Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage, late 80s. I'm going to pin them against two names over in New Japan that I think are huge, um, basically put New J Japan on the map, if you will. Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker himself, and the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Would you rather see that match? And... I don't know who would book it or any of that. If you'd like to put in those details, go for it. Make up a whole entire scenario if you'd like. But I'm just saying, personally, if you got a chance to view two matches, would it be, like I just said, a normal tag match? These are both normal tag matches, by the way. Nothing crazy. Um, we'll give them New Japan rules where they basically can do whatever the fuck they want. 
uh, within the ring. But same thing, normal tag match. Uh, so you got, like I said, Okada and Omega versus Hogan and Savage, or or AJ Styles, Seth Rollins versus Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Okay, this is at a random different venue. Maybe it could be for WWE. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how it's booked. Would you rather see match A with Okada and Omega versus the Mega Powers or the other match B with AJ and Seth? I'm I'm saying the house to AJ Styles with Mr. SmackDown and Monday Night Rollins until we need to put Roman Reigns over. Seth Rover. Seth Rover. Sorry, Seth Rollins. You're one of my favorites. Seth Rollins against the hitman Bret Hart and the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. So just think about that. Uh, Me, personally, I don't know. I think the first one, even though I think that Okada and Omega both, well, Brady was from a different time, but basically everyone excluding Hulk. Uh, I love Hulk. He's one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. Uh, When it comes to in-ring wrestling, I think it's a little bit of a different concept. When it comes to performer, though, he can work the crowd like no other. It doesn't matter if he's a heel or a babyface. He's able to achieve such a level of uberness when it comes to that. Uh, but Okada and Omega, they they really go hard. I mean, they do. And much much old man Randy Savage, I think, could keep up pretty well in a match with them. But this would be much more of a structure, much more old school, I think. Um, what you get with AJ and Seth versus Brett and HBK is much more going to be high flying. It's going to be way faster. They're both going to be great matches. It just One's probably more, going to be more of a crowd reaction performance, I think, with the first match, while the second one will be more technical and a little bit more, you know, not all over the place. Like I said, these are just normal tag matches. But you, you get back at me. Like I said, Keep Fez Nation on Facebook or on Twitter, you know, tweet at us. I don't really tweet, but, uh, you know, I will for, for, for you guys. Uh, all right, anyways, let's move to our two items of news. We didn't have a lot of news this week, so this might be a very short episode. I have a lot to cover, so we'll see about that. But um yeah, let's let's go over the uh two items of news. The first one being Neville uh AK Pac made his return at Dragon Gate. Um uh, very strange because I don't think a lot of people saw this coming at all. So basically I think it was Saturday night. Uh, Dragon Gate had one of their pay-per-views, and Neville showed up as, uh, I think, someone that they just marked as X. Now, I don't know if that was because, you know, they didn't have a the, – they, they were trying to, like, lead on people, which, you know, they didn't have a person, per se, in that spot, so it was just an X. But it's kind of funny that he's going by Pac, X-Pac, get it? Sorry. Anyways, but, uh, yeah, it's great having uh, Neville back um, probably, like, a week ago. Uh, there was a report that no one knows what's going on. Like, he went off the grid wrestling-wise. Well, apparently not that far off the grid. Now, I don't want to sound what's, – what's a good word for this? It's not, not, not so much selfish. I don't want to sound rude towards Dragon Gate or anything like that. You know, I'm sure they're a great promotion. I have seen matches from Dragon Gate. I haven't checked out a ton from them. I just – you know, I I hope that maybe – and I, I don't know this. Maybe if you're more educated on the subject, you can let me know out there. I hope that maybe uh, they can get Neville in a direction, you know, maybe they do some cross promotions is what I'm trying to say with something like a Ring of Honor or especially a New Japan. Um, 
if Neville's there, I will check out his matches. Maybe he will draw my eyes to Dragon Gate, and maybe that is what that's supposed to do. Uh, that's the whole entire thing. But if I'm going to lie, or if I'm not, I'm not going to lie, basically, and, and say that I would like to see him go against several people, like Kushida, like uh, Will Ospreay, like you know, uh, Marty Skrull, like a lot of people. And he showed up exactly like the never level, like that, the heel version that we got used to and what really put him over uh, when he was getting eyes, including mine, to 205 Live. So I don't know. I'm just happy Neville's back. I'm just saying that personally I could, I would like to see him be able to make some appearances in other places, which it seems like a lot of those organizations, especially the smaller ones like Dragon Gate, you can do that. Uh, look at, you know, uh, something over, like, like I think Progress is probably bigger than them, but they do a lot of interpromotional stuff with not only the WWE, but, like, a lot of the, the uh, other wrestling promotions in Scotland and Ireland. So that's awesome. Uh, so maybe that will happen. If not, I'm still going to check out his stuff. It's Neville, and he's awesome. So I would I'd love to see Neville go against Kenny Omega. I'd love to see Neville go against Okada. There are so many matches that if you put Neville in there, it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. So I'm very excited for that. All right, cheers. That wasn't quiet at all. I'm sorry. This uh, I'm, I'm basically drinking my water out of a uh, bottle. It's like a protein shake thing, so it just, like, spills it all down my face. Um, but I needed that. You know, I needed to get my, um, my, my thirst quenched. So, anyways, uh, second item of news uh, – there will be a new mem- member of LAJ uh, basically announced by Na- Naito, uh, King of Pro Wrestling, on October 8th. Uh, note that basically Naito made, like, I think it was a YouTube video, and it was a promotional stuff, and they were basically saying that, you know, LIG is always open for Takahashi when he makes his return, but he's going to make an announcement for a new member. Um, and it's going to be Neville. No, I'm just kidding. That would be cool, though. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But whoever they pick should be very interesting. I mean, it's a very uh, interesting group of, of, of people with, uh, you know, Takahashi, even though he's out right now, you know, just the ticking time bomb himself. And Bushi, Evil, uh, Sonata, you know, and then obviously Naito himself. And Los Cinco Bernables de Capone, that's the Japanese chapter, the originals, uh, L.I.J., uh, I think, I'm trying to think of like everyone, El Sombra, a.k.a., um, oh man, uh, wrestler on SmackDown, and I can't remember his name, Andrade Cienamos. Uh, he, I know he was a part of it, and so was Rush, um, and Dragon Lee. Yeah, yeah, so unfortunately, uh, Taka, the guy that uh, hurt Takahashi, I mean, it was a mutual effort, obviously, unfortunate event, but... He's also a part, I believe, of the uh, original LIJ. So it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, who could be the new member. If it's going to be someone out of nowhere, like a person that they just signed, or if it's someone already on the active roster that we would never see coming. Like what if all of a sudden Okada showed up and he was a member of LIJ? Now that would be conflict of interest between him and Naito, but still, who knows? We have no idea who the hell this is going to be. I, I doubt it's going to be Okada. That was more just speculation, but... I am very interested and intrigued to find out who could be the next member of Los Incrobanables de Capone. So we'll have to wait and see. You know, that's my catchphrase. So that's what I always do. 
All right, guys, let's uh, let's start talking about some of these uh, pay-per-views. Uh, the first one that I watched, um, which was, I think, Friday night? Yeah, Friday night, uh, I watched a awesome pay-per-view card of Death Before Dishonor from Ring of Honor. Uh, and it was over in Las Vegas. I'm just going to go down the list. Um, I didn't see the pre-matches, um, so we'll have to... Uh, I'm not going to pretend I saw them, basically. But, yeah, let's go down. Well, if you guys wanted to know, I have it at least on the list in front of me. The first match on the pre-show was Shane Taylor defeating Cheeseburger, thank God. Uh, the other one I'm not too happy with because Jonathan Gresham defeated, you know, good friend of the show, the Beer City Bruiser. Uh, so, the, I like him. Uh, we interviewed him. He was really nice. So, uh, yeah, I want him to win, uh, even though I didn't see the match. Um, I didn't even know there was a free show for this, so maybe uh, maybe that's my fault for not looking into it. Either way, first match, Kenny King won against Jushin Thunder Liger. And uh, really good match. I mean, Kenny King is a very impressive wrestler, but uh, Jushin Liger especially, I think people always say this, he's in his 50s, and he's still able to move pretty impressively and take bumps pretty, you know, the ones that he probably shouldn't take. Let's just put it that way. So, Keeps in shape great. Uh, I like the little bit of uh, heelness at the end against Justin Liger uh, by Kenny King, giving a little bit of a depth into his character. So looks like he might be going a different direction. Uh, next match was uh, SoCal Uncensored, uh, or at least the addiction version, with uh, another friend of the show, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Uh, they were accompanied by fellow SoCal member Scorpio Sky, and they went against Jay and Mark Briscoe, uh, the tag team champions of Ring of Honor, and uh, the Briscoes would beat uh, the Addiction, and this was a crazy-ass fucking match with, you know, just brutality uh, from from Jay and Mark, like normally, being able to take one guy and and destroy him, and and be able to pick him off one by one, and there was many times, uh, especially the moonsault uh, towards the end, where I really thought that they had it, Uh, but SoCal, Lost and uh, the Briscoes are still uh, the tag champions. This this was a good match. I think I want to say I think this was I haven't seen their all in match. You know and that was Scorpio Sky obviously and Frankie Kazarian, but um, they're a unit. They're you know like the New Day if you will. So gal. So um, great matches against the Briscoes. Briscoes are always fun to watch. All right, Somi Sukai uh, defeated Tanel Dashwood uh, by a technical submission. So. My biggest, my biggest thing was the match, and this was a good match. And I think that uh, uh, Tennille, uh I should say, or maybe it is Tennille, I don't remember, Emma, obviously, from WWE is what most people would know her. I think she's a great wrestler. I think uh, Somi Sakai is definitely a great wrestler. Um, and I understand why she retained it. She took a friggin' nasty bump in this match. I do remember that, um, you know, right to the outside, just back, just... <laughs> But what are you going to do? Um, at the end, I... All right, so this thing about submissions. Uh, once MMA became more popular and uh, stuff like jiu-jitsu and uh, judo and, uh, you know, stuff, martial arts, you, you knew that there's no way you're going to basically submit to pain of, like, an arm bar or, like, you know, uh, for instance, a sharpshooter. It's not going to really happen. I mean, I get, get what it does. But 
I mean, they didn't really have to do that. Uh, I don't know. I just it was just it was strange that she passed out from pain from something that's not really going to do that. But you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe maybe uh, someone's a doctor out there, and they can uh, you know call in and let me know that I'm wrong. But uh, until then, that's how I felt about it. I think uh, later on we found uh, Tanel, um just knocked out. No one knows who the assailant was of who attacked her. Just found in the back, just beaten up. So that should be interesting. All right, so this one, this next match for the uh, Ring of Honor World Television Championship match, Punishment Martinez, champion, who's now on his way to NXT, uh, defeated uh, Chris Sabin, a uh, huge, obviously, everyone knows uh, Chris Sabin. Um, from his amazing uh, tag team days in the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And uh, the guy's a badass. I kind of thought he was going to win it until I found out that Jeff Cobb already... Uh, spoilers, I mean, he showed up at the other pay-per-view we're going to talk about as champion, but uh, basically won the tapings against Punishment Martinez before he left to go to NXT. And uh, Jeff Cobb, who comes out at the end of this match and, uh, you know, kind of gets in Punishment Martinez's face... Uh, he's the new champion. So this was kind of just whatever, you know, they did this, they recorded the match or the, the episodes after that. And then they had the pay-per-view new Japan. That's not really supposed to really go in there chronologically with the same, the same order, just a little bit strange, but all titles out. I, I still think that, you know, I mean, this is really small, but at all in, I think it would have been good, even though technically Pentagon wasn't the Lucha underground champion to have that around his waist. Now, I don't know if that goes between networks and that's the reason why Ray and well, actually that was a self-promoted thing. I don't know exactly, but even though obviously Jack Swagger at the end of the season wins, he, you know, Pentagon was a champion at least for now. Uh, so, but I, I don't know how that works. I'm not a, a business exec. I don't have anything to do with any type of studio relations uh, style thing. So who knows? Uh, all I know is a fun match. Uh, Punishment Martinez is very interesting I'm looking forward to see him come to NXT I don't know if he's going to fight Baron Corbin for his spot of himself On uh, Raw um, Or maybe Roman Reigns uh, He's kind of like a hybrid of the two of those That's what I uh, came to the conclusion of And he talks like this Hey man, it's intimidating So whatever, uh, best of luck to him, definitely right, Bully Ray and Silas Young Defeated Flip Gordon and Colt Cabana uh, It was tables match Long story short, tables, they got uh, – it was it was funny, actually. Uh, Bully Ray was the first to get eliminated. And then um, shortly after that, I believe Colt Cabana was. And then Flip Gordon was eliminated by Silas Young. Oh, no, that's what it was. Uh, so I believe Silas was put through a table, but Bully Ray changed him and Flip Gordon before the ref saw. Uh, and then the ref obviously thought that Flip Gordon was the one put through the table, even though it was Silas. And even though he was eliminated already, he helped his uh, team make the win. So there you go. More on this feud between Cabana, Flip Gordon against Bully Ray, and whoever he decides to throw into it. I want to just say big ups to Bully Ray because he's one of the best heels in the business still. It's like Chris Jericho. It's pretty damn amazing that those two guys uh, can still be such a valuable person and player in today's landscape. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. So, next next uh, match we had Bullet Club Elite Cody Marty Skrull, uh, Adam Page Matt and Nick Jackson the Young Bucks with the lovely Brandy Rhodes um, going against Kazuchika Okada 
Chucky, Chucky T, I mean, Beretta, Rocky Romero, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. And uh, this, was a, this wasn't a bad match at all. I, I'm not going to try to, like, I, I know that this comes off like I'm going to be negative, but um, I thought this was a good match. I thought it was fine. Uh, the, the main story throughout the match, and I, I know this is probably going to lead up to something else, is that the Elite, even though they won, they kept on screwing themselves over. You know, they would bump into each other, cause each other a move, and this happened consistently throughout the match. Um, I'm not trying to pick on a certain style or anything like that, and I really like, for instance, Rocky Romero. I just think that some stuff um, – Specifically, and I mean, I, th- I think that all wrestling kind of can, you know, do this. I just think Ring of Honor, you have a lot of um, certain things they do. Um, similar to Rocky's spot where he goes, like, to each, uh, to each um, turnbuckle, and, you know, and just smacks the shit out of them. Just after a while, I'm supposed to believe that four badasses are just completely down on their luck. You know, suspension to dis- uh, disbelief is a huge thing with me. And um, it it kind of it takes me out a little bit if I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes it can. It's like just like certain other things. I mean, we'll talk about one of them for the first match on um, the uh, New Japan match. Um, but th- this is much more minor compared to that. But there were certain things that I see consistently with tag team matches um, with multi man like this that happen a lot. Um, so that's. It, it just seemed like even though it was a great presentation, I've seen that exact presentation before. So um, I, I still thought it was an awesome match. All the guys were great in it. It was hard hitting. Um, I like Beretta and uh, Rocky Romero um, and uh, what you call Chucky T and their whole entire shtick going on. I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, Adam Page is a madman. Uh, some of the stuff that he does is just crazy, but love it. All right, last match was definitely my favorite match on the card. Jay Lethal went against Will Ospreay for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, spoiler alert, Will Ospreay would have two defeats, but from two amazing back-to-back matches uh, this weekend. And uh, this one with him and Jay Lethal was phenomenal. It was a great match. Both men looked great. Uh, you know, Will Ospreay is very much like Ricochet and Kota Ibushi and, and, and Phoenix, like one of those guys that can just do some crazy, like it doesn't make any sense how their body works, uh, you know, doing the, the stuff um, that they're doing. But, you know, they, he's just, he's, a, he's that type of athlete. And uh, Jay Lethal is no slouch. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you saw between the two of them, I think was, 50-50 split between, you know, both performers being able to have that type of timing and that type of chemistry. So really impressive stuff. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, Jay Lethal would win, um, defeating Will Ospreay, like I said, but still great match. And that brings us to Strong Style. Yeah, Strong Style Evolved, which is the New Japan's Sunday pay-per-view. Um, another one in Long Beach. I'm not going to lie. I did say this beforehand that um, – oh, wait. Is this the wrong one? Oh, man. Don't tell me this is not the correct one. No, this is – no. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, just bear with me for one second. Let me uh, get to the uh, right – you know, this is what happens when you go by the Internet and just don't try to find stuff yourself. All right. Well, this is good. 
I'm going to have to look up the uh, pay-per-view itself. So just give me one second. I guess I'll have to come back to it, guys. Um, You know, I can't leave you hanging and waiting for me. Uh, Let's see. All right. So it would probably make sense, you know, Long Beach 2018. Strong style of all. That's what I put. What are you talking about? No, it's not Long Beach. That's why it's... Man. All right. This is what happens when I don't have Chris on to help me out uh, with situations like this. But, um... Yeah. List of pay-per-views. Do-do-do-do-do. All right. Give me the latest pay-per-view, stupid computer. All right. Well... We're going to have to go and move on from that. I apologize. I'm going to go over Super Showdown, and I'm going to try to find this towards the end of the show. Uh, but let me just go over Super Showdown real quick and just give my predictions for this whole entire thing. All right, so Sunday, obviously we know during the daytime, we're going to be watching a pay-per-view over in Australia. Uh, I'm sure every Australian listener hates me for doing that impression, so I apologize. Uh, but Super Showdown is set to be in Pradium, like great cat. Uh, you know, card. So the first match will be um, Cedric Alexander, who is the cruiserweight champion going against Australia's own Buddy Murphy in a cruiserweight title championship match. Um, I think Cedric has had the title for a while. I think it would be fitting for Buddy to get a rub to, you know, win the title in his home country and continent of Australia. So I'm going to give it to Buddy Murphy. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it should be an awesome match. All right, so the New Day is going against the Bar. And by the way, this is not specifically – I don't know if this is the exact card, so I should say that right away. Um, This is how it's presented on a list of them in front of me. So I apologize if it's not the exact order, but we're just going to go with what I have in front of me. New Day, the champions – uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, I should say, versus The Bar. I really think that New Day is going to hold on to this. I think that they, uh, I like the concept of them, you know, having a thing uh, with, with The Bar. But um, we've seen it a bunch. And I don't really think The Bar needs these titles right now. But now, if they get it, I'm not going to be disappointed or anything like that. Um, and, I mean... It, it took a lot to get to where we are today now with these titles, and they're a hell of a lot more on, on, a, on a better level, I would say, than, say, the, the Raw titles. But uh, we should have a great match. I, I just think New Day is probably going to be the ones going over. All right, here's a match I really just don't care about. It sucks because it has one of my favorite female wrestlers and favorite wrestlers in general. Um, Naomi and Asuka versus the Iconics. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, it's not that I don't like the Iconics, but, you know, I, I think that they have taken themselves down a little bit since they've been at Maine. I don't think it's necessarily their fault, but it's just inevitable with a lot of these 
these guys, they, they come up and they have to wait until they have something for them to do. And they've utilized them for sure. I think that some of the promos themselves have kind of hurt um, the Iconics. Uh, you know, a lot of the ones that they do pre-recorded, I, I think, you know, register well instead of them just being against the audience. You know, you got to realize that I love NXT, but a lot of people are right. It's basically a, a set audience in Orlando over at the Full Sail um, University campus. And it's got a lot of the same people that consistently go and see it. They give people a chance. You know, not everyone watches NXT. And when you get to the main roster, you can get kind of lost in the shuffle. But it's good they're going against Naomi and Asuka. I think part of the reason, yes, because obviously they're, they're, they're Aussies or New Zealanders. I think they're from Australia. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I just heard them tell someone that in an interview. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah. Naomi and Asuka like both ladies a lot. Uh, they're badasses. I hope that they get used a bit uh, more and better <laughs> uh, soon would be nice. But um, either way, you know, this is a, this is going to be a big fight deal no matter what for each match because it's a different con- you know country and the, what what they're doing with it. So whatever. Um, I feel like. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I feel like the the uh, Iconics are going to win. Um, so we'll have to wait and see and find out for that one. Um, let's go to the next match. Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Kevin Owens and Elias. Kudos to Elias for being able to get heat with Seattle about their basketball team that hasn't been relevant for, what, eight years? Holy shit, that was hilarious. And the fact that, you know, it looked like he was uh, kind of getting nervous and wrapped up into it, but it really wasn't. But the fact that he kept on just bringing it back and driving it back because he knew that he was getting some heat, just awesome seeing that natural progression. He is a great heel. And Kevin Owens definitely helps. The two of them uh, are fun. John Cena and Bobby Lashley are going to win. Uh, I just I don't see this, and I unfortunately think that Kevin Owens could take the pin. Uh, but either way, it'll be fun to see Kevin Owens and John Cena square off I will say, if you have something heelish where Elias takes out Bobby Lashley, continuing their feud, giving themselves each off to, to work off of, which I think they could both use, Elias and Bobby Lashley, I think they have a lot of potential, both. And I really like Bobby Lashley with um, the mouthpiece uh, of, uh, what you call it? Oh, man. Um, Leo Rush. I, I think that, that you know pairing of them is really good. And, you know, they it could be big money, basically. So, Hey, I'm I'm willing to find out. Like I said, if you know, like I was going to say, I should say, um, is that if they really want to make the fans happy, like me, have Kevin Owens pin John Cena just like he already has. Just throwing it out there. It's not going to happen, but that would help out Kevin Owens, who I think has been taking a back seat a little bit. Uh, so we'll have to find out. Next match: Daniel Bryan versus The Miz for the WWE championship number one contender huh. all right so let's let's put this together and i want to say that even though i think the miz is amazing and i do like the fact that this has been a few going on for a very very long time and they put a lot of work into it i think it's kind of hurting daniel bryan a bit um i think that you know uh people cheer for him definitely but he, his his stock has gone down a bit um since he's been back definitely didn't help with the cast matches you know, he's still got that fighting spirit, and we, you know, want him to pull through, but 
it seems like people aren't as, you know, ridiculously into him as they once were, which maybe they don't, they don't need that, you know, and that's fine. It just seems like even this feud's kind of hurting him a bit too. So I'm hoping that this is going to be the end and we're going to see something different going forward um, whenever they split off and they can come back to this. Look, I know a lot of people are expecting Miz to win this, AJ to win the next one. Miz beats AJ. Later on, we get Miz and Daniel Bryan at, at WrestleMania. I'm not saying the hot titles a bunch, but AJ's had a for a very, very long time. They have like two people, you know, even possibly three between here and Mania. I don't think that's big of a deal if you tell a good story. So, you know, obviously we have AJ and, and, and Samoa Joe. Now, we go down two roads. You're going to probably want heel versus babyface. Unless you're trying to do right now, AJ and Daniel Bryan, which they could. Makes me think that someone definitely is going to get involved at the end of that match, whether it be The Miz or Samoa Joe. But, you know, let's say normal things. Samoa Joe beats AJ, I think is the best scenario, because you get a new champion, you get Samoa Joe, a dominant champion. Doesn't hurt AJ, he's already had a long record. He doesn't need a fucking title belt. You switch off those guys. Daniel Bryan also beats The Miz. Big, feel-good you know, thing, Daniel Bryan's going to have a, a, a shot at the title. You know, everyone's excited. It gives him more momentum. And you get the Miz and, and AJ cross the paths. And we get the, the uh, you know, what's coming up, basically, is Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan, which should be some stellar matches. I mean, you would think in theory. But sometimes it doesn't always work out. I really have a hard time thinking that that, that wouldn't work. Although I thought that Shinsuke and friggin' Maybe we put too much, you know, too much into the way that we think about, like, how big something's going to be sometimes. I know I do that as a fan. So, um, these are two feuds that I think that they've gone on long enough uh, for now. <laughs> they can come back to it, but even with the AJ and Samoa Joe match, the no DQ match for the WWE title, I don't think that it's, it's, it's crucial to make sure that they, uh, you know um, – Keep on continuing. I think they could use a pause, if not stopping altogether, with one of them. Probably the Samojo AJs. I don't really need a lot more of that. Uh, it got stale a little bit quickly, unfortunately. I'm just, you know, just being honest with you. So, yeah, I think the bat, that's the best route. You have Samojo and Dan O'Brien. Samojo's champion. New champion. Get to tell some stories. Awesome matches. Build up Daniel Bryan. Uh AJ and The Miz, maybe you do something in the meantime, but I think they should definitely cross paths. But it doesn't matter. When Daniel Bryan's about to win the title from Samoa Joe, The Miz causes him the championship. Um, and then later on, you can have still Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble to get to WrestleMania. The Miz, somehow from that time period, whether it be Samoa Joe or AJ Styles, um, wins the championship, and then Daniel Bryan gets to win at Mania against... Uh, and I swear to God, and I love the Miz. But if they were to do all that and then have Miz go over at Mania, if that were to be their thing, I, I probably would fucking crap a pterodactyl. Just a whole entire pterodactyl. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. I love Becky Lynch. I think that she's awesome. Um, huge fan of her. Um, really, really love Charlotte as well, too. Uh, I, I think it's funny that they're trying really hard to make Becky this heel that she's not. <laughs> and it's just not working. And she's trying, and I give her that. But, you know, I have to say, I want Becky to, to win this. 
And I want them to embrace, like I've, I've been saying, her as kind of the Stone Cold-esque, you know, not exactly like him, but that type of anti-hero concept. Kind of like if you describe someone like the Punisher, you're not saying the Punisher for a certain comic book character like Moon Knight. You're just trying to say like, well, he's, he's a little bit that way, but a little bit that way at the same time, you know, maybe Moon Knight's not the best comparison. No, it doesn't really matter, but that's, that's a little uh, geekage on the side. Uh, spewing out my ears, if you will. But uh, yeah, I I hope this is a great match. They had a great match. Um, I'd like to see the ladies get some time with this one and uh, just see what happens. Um, I think Becky should retain. I think Charlotte, it's, it's, it's in her best interest, more so than even Roman Reigns at this point, because Roman's over with kids and he's over with a large chunk of people. You know, I'm, I like him as a worker. I'm just not one of them as as far as him being the face, uh, the one, you know, kind of shoved down our throat. But I think that Roman's a very good worker and both him and Charlotte could benefit in a heel turn. And uh, I think Charlotte naturally is really good at being a heel. Um, she's a daughter of Ric Flair, one of the greatest of all time and also one of the greatest heels of all time. So I don't know, just seems like it would be a natural fit. You have this heel Becky versus this I ain't taking your shit Becky or did I say Becky? This heel Charlotte versus this I'm not taking your shit, Becky. I think it would be a, a fun program to keep on going. I mean, if you keep it on Becky, I guess it should go to another direction. And, I mean, if you want her to still be heel somewhat, Oscar's another a person that you could bring into there. Um, I just really don't want the audience to completely turn on Oscar and just tarnish her. More so, maybe she needs to have the next interaction with Charlotte as a heel and be able to get her to, you know, beat her and then have hash out some stuff that's uh, that's still there. All right. Um, man, I'm, I'm trying, guys, but whew, my throat's already done. I really have no idea how people do this. Ugh, that's why I need – well, I need Chris for many things, you know, moral support, uh, knowledge factory, but uh, definitely to help me get a break coming talking so i apologize i'm definitely gonna try to get through this um i got a couple more things if i can get them in there and then i'll probably bid you guys in a do ronda rousey and the bella twins versus the riot squad um i don't really care i'm sorry this one i don't have a lot of like oh yeah all right um i hope ronda rousey wins i hope somehow she beats everyone in this match i really i i did like her match against Ruby Riot, and I just think that it's silly, even though I think Ruby Riot's a very accomplished wrestler, a very natural baby face, not too, too bad as a heel or anything like that. Um, great wrestler. Um, I don't know why, just like Roman Reigns and his match against Dolph Ziggler uh, on Monday Night Raw, that they sold so much, though that's kind of strange. They should be dominating the majority of the time, but maybe they're trying to stay away from that Brock Lesnar, you know, sometimes Triple H, Goldberg type, I doubt it. Braun still... Actually, Braun, now that I thought about it, even though it was Dean Ambrose, he sold a lot to him, too. Maybe they're just trying to even it out, but I'm just saying it's probably better to protect your, uh, you know, bigger threats, if you will, by a little more dominance. I will say that Ron is incredible at selling uh, for, you know, the amount of time that she's been wrestling. But, you know, against Alexa Bliss and even and even uh, Ruby Riot to an extent... It's not unbelievable. It just, uh, I don't know. 
Maybe I, maybe I just need to shut up and enjoy what I got. No clue. Let's go to the next one. The Shield versus the Dogs of War. All right. I This is another one I have no care. In. I, I really, really like Braun Sturman, and I really think it sucks that him and Seth Rollins had to sacrifice themselves to help Roman be more present as the face of Monday Night Raw. Um, I feel like Seth is taking a back seat. Um, I like this stuff with Dean Ambrose. I just think that it's very, uh, they're, they're setting it up too easily. Uh, all the stuff they did on Raw, you know, him saying like, I could have won the Intercontinental Champion. I could have won the Universal Champion. They're, they're saying, hey, this is going to happen. Hey, this is going to happen. And they could do something and have it not happen which would be crazy, but for some reason I feel like they're trying to point every fucking flag and or arrow uh, lit with a shit ton of Christmas lights that this breakup's going to eventually happen between them. Um, I don't know. Maybe they are trying to throw off our scent and they're doing the exact opposite. I don't think the Shield's doing anything for anyone, really. Uh, maybe a little bit for Roman, but I think Roman's going to be as over as he's going to be, and he's pretty over. I mean, like I said, kids love him. Us us older dudes that, that are mad about, you know, who's getting pushed or not can bitch about it. But, you know, he's definitely liked. Uh, there's a reason why he sells merch. That's not a lie. So there's that. But, you know, I think that I think that him and his fellow, and I really would love to see the Shield members for the Universal title, three of them against each other at WrestleMania this year. I think that would be really cool. I've heard a lot of people speculate on that. I think that's a very, very smart way to go. Um, I like Dolph Ziggler. Um, I like Drew McIntyre. And I really like Braun Strowman. Um, if anything, I mean, it sucks, but if if one's going to take the pin, it's probably going to be, because of everything's happening, Dean Ambrose, or it will be Dolph Ziggler. I mean, they kind of set that up. So I feel like Shield's going to go over because I need this to die, and I need Braun Strowman to just, destroy the other two and just get away from that and go back to being a baby face. And we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll pretend this whole thing didn't happen within a fucking week. Trust me. Last match, Undertaker, Triple H, big segment, end of Raw. Shawn Michael comes out, bald as hell. Still kind of weird for me. Huge Shawn Michaels fan. Um, you know, hey, whatever the fuck he looks. He's old man, he's old man Shawn, man. That's cool as shit to me. Um, you know, he starts promo. Confirms he's going to be in Triple H's corner. Over on the opposite side, Kane will be in his corner. Mayhem ensued after Kane comes out, and then Undertaker shows up in the ring, goes to give Sean the tombstone, and then Triple H music hits. He comes out, unbuttoning his his uh, you know his suit, comes in, try to get the upper hand. Sean gets his hand on his hands on Kane at one point, and then both guys get taken and choke slammed, um, stereo style. By the Brothers of Destruction, and that led into this pay-per-view. Everyone's going to think I'm crazy, but if I'm to believe that we're going to have, and you know, all it's all pointing to this, a tag match between DX against Brothers of Destruction at the Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia, I am going to go with Triple H. I think that that will cause the extension. Um I think that something's going to fuck up. Uh, maybe Sean, you know, Kane gets taken out of the picture of the equation, and then Sean 
while the ref is down, maybe he bumped Kane, whatever the hell they want to do. I mean, this this professional wrestling, you can figure out a way. Sean goes in there, sweet chin music, him and Undertaker now have extended their rivalry. This will have a tag match, and I think there will be a couple other matches from Sean after that. I could be guessing, could be just wanting it, uh, you know, maybe selfishly a little bit. But if he, I think that it's all going to be if he feels himself and he feels good about it at the tag match, that's one we possibly could see more. Um, I think that we're definitely going to see him in The Undertaker one last time. I don't think it's going to be at Mania. And I'm hoping that at least him and AJ. Uh, obviously, we've already said Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano. Um, there's so many people. Seth Rollins, obviously. Um, I love to see him and Jericho go at it again. Him and Triple H. You know, but I think that if, if we got, like, after this, if we just got three matches, and all we got was him and Undertaker, maybe at another Saudi Arabia show or something like that, to headline it. Um, and then him and either Triple H or him and either one of those other people, Seth Rollins, you know, Dan O'Brien, whoever. And then him and AJ at WrestleMania, AJ does the Rick to him, you know. Like Sean and Rick Flair, except for obviously AJ is Sean and Sean is Rick. And that's it. He goes off in the sunset, doesn't hurt him, doesn't tarnish him, gets some great matches, and the last one could be against a guy that's going to be able to get a great match out of him. And uh, Sean's still amazing. Him taking bumps, uh, not 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 of a uh, you know cocaine. <laughs> him taking bumps in the ring is what I'm going to say. Um, uh, you know that shows and proves to me that he's probably going to be getting back in the ring. And everything that people have been saying that are know a lot of information on that stuff probably are right. So there you go. Man, I really wish, I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know how the hell I looked up an older episode, but I love to cover this, this uh, paper preview for you guys, but I can't remember what the hell the name of it is. I know that it was in California. All right, so I'm looking up New Japan. All right. Let's see if this will actually find it. I mean, I don't I really don't understand how this this just happened. This is it. No, this is the one with the Golden Lovers. Stupid mother. Uh, this is so unprofessional of me. I apologize to everyone listening. I'm just trying to find a stupid event. Um, I really have no idea what to do. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, the main matches I really wanted to talk about anyways was Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay. Holy shit. So the the winner of this match, which was uh, Marty, went against um, goes against Kushida to become the new IWGP uh, light heavyweight champion. And uh, what a he- one hell of a fucking match. I think that Will Ospreay is going to be going up a weight division. Um, but Man, him and Marty, they just have great rhythm. They're just incredible in the ring together. Their sequences are perfect. They know each other really well. I'm a huge fan of Marty Scroll. I think he comes off to me, you know, you have this larger-than-life character 
um, who's kind of devious and funny and, and all over the place. He, he reminds me of like Roddy Roddy Piper meets Macho Man Randy Savage. And I know that's a huge like compliment or, or big boots to fill, but I'm, I'm serious. Certain aspects of it, I think he picks from both those characters. Maybe not, maybe that's just naturally and that's, that's the way it's displayed or maybe they're actual influences. I know, I think Piper is. I think he said Piper was. But um, Love Marty Scroll, I think Will Ospreay is absolutely incredible. I was already gushing about it with the Jay Lethal match. Uh, just incredible stuff. Um, really enjoyed it. I uh, thought, it, thought it was a great match. Uh, really enjoyed the Young Bucks uh, going against Tamatanga and Tongaloa. Uh, Girls Destiny, then picking up the titles, their father, Haku there. Uh, I thought the match was awesome, all over the place. Uh, you know, once again, match, once again, Matt Jackson's back is the thing that kind of screws up this whole entire match by taking him out um, after he gets slammed on it, uh, after he pull, tweaks it from trying to lift someone, and then it just continues throughout the whole entire match. Uh, one time he goes through a table, he finally gets up on ringside after Nick's been taking a beating inside the ring. Uh, he gets back in, uh, but shortly shortly after that, you know, it's pretty much Tomatonga getting some stun guns, and it's over. Um, awesome match. Uh, I'm glad Gorilla's Destiny has got a little bit of a, uh, you know, just they're selling. You know, they're one of the best tag teams in the business, but them having this adds more dynamics, that whole storyline of the OGs versus the elite. So I like that they have those belts, and – I think that we're going to see this come back with Matt and Nick also with the match at Ring of Honor a little bit of them getting in each other's way. I mean, there might be uh, some not bad days, you know, as in they're going to end, but, you know, there there have been better days, I think, for the elite. We'll have to find out. Um, really enjoyed also the U.S. championship match, Juice Robinson against Cody Rhodes. I think Cody said a nasty promo at the end of it. You know, claiming that this is one of Dusty's kids. You know, he learned from him at the Performance Center. You know, well, I am actually Dusty's kid. And he won. I can't believe that they put the U.S. belt on him. But it might be a sign that he's going to lose to Nick Aldis um, at the 70th anniversary of NWA. I don't know. I have I have no idea. That that could be a little bit of a hint at that. Or they could just be given both belts, uh, bring some value into both belts. I love Juice Robinson. I'm not saying that he can't win back the belt. Um, I think that he is a phenomenal wrestler and he'll continue to put in great matches, but Cody right now is on fire. He's one of the top guys in the industry. So it's kind of hard not to be happy about a situation like that. Uh, last match I'll go over that I remember offhand. I, if you're wondering uh, what I was going to say about uh, something I didn't enjoy on this was actually, and I felt, I love Jim Ross. I think he's awesome. I think that people, if anyone talks shit about Jim Ross, they can, they're just, just go fucking jump in a volcano. I don't really have time for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I understand that he's not going to know everything. That's why Kevin Kelly's obviously there. But I think that the two of them really balance each other out. And I think that at the end of this, Jim, JR definitely got really excited. And I was happy to hear that because I, I haven't heard him live get into wrestling that much uh, in quite a while. So it was, it was, it was good to hear that. And it was, uh, it was fun. The, uh, the Taguchi thing, I, I get, that he's kind of like Rikishi. And I mean, I guess that's a way that you could kind of look at it in a way, but especially like the part where I think show or yo, whichever one I forgot. Um, basically even like the sphincter grab or some show like, God, I can't stand shit like that. It just, it's just silly to me. And it's, uh, I know I, I'm not 
I'm not going to say if I watch it, I'm done. And I, I hate all these wrestlers and he's the worst worker of all. No, I'm not going to fucking try to, you know, Jim Cornette or anything like that. And I love Jim Cornette, but I agree with him on certain things, you know, uh, to an extent. I don't, like I said, I don't go to his extreme level, but I'm not going to pretend I like something. Uh, if I don't, um, you know, it took me a while to get Yano, and now I really do like him, and I dig him. But at first, I was kind of like, eh, all right, cool. Uh, but, yeah, the Taguchi thing, just kind of dumb. You know, the hip checks or whatever, which is definitely, I love Jim Ross calling it out. It's definitely not his hip. Um, the last match on the card, um, really great match. I think my favorite was Marty and Will Ospreay, followed by the Young Bucks and Gorillas of Destiny. Um, I can't. Between the two matches of Cody and and Juice or this, they're both like fighting for third. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I like this one a little bit more because of the performers in it. Even though I love Juice Robinson and especially Cody. Um, I mean, this is Okada and Omega, Kota Ibushi and Ishii, just annihilating each other and getting to see Kenny and and. Uh, Kenny Omega and, and Kazuchika Okada be able to get more into their their feud. It just awesome pay per view, awesome match. Love the ending. I'm glad that you know Okada and Ishii got the win. Um, it, it it gives some good stuff, and I really don't know what direction they're going to go. We have this whole entire um, fraction, if you will, in, in chaos. Uh, you know, with Okada Nishi still being on the same page, Rocky Romero being behind him. And then we have, obviously, Jay White, uh, Gato. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're going to do from there. Maybe Gato and Jay White will just branch off, and he'll be his manager. If that's the case, great. I think that would help them out. Their match uh, tonight all, or, the, or on the same pay-per-view was a lot of fun as well. Um but, yeah, that's the main stuff. I apologize I don't have a formal order, and if I had something in front of me, it probably would have been very more beneficial to remember uh, certain things. But I thought I have a, had up the right material, and apparently I copy-pasted um, from Wikipedia from a wrong event in California. I think the last one. The ones that the Young Bucks went against the uh, Golden Lovers, which, by the way, Golden Lovers, incredible tag team. Just great stuff. All right, guys. Well, I, I definitely wanted to go through this because we talked about it last week. We said we were going to do it. I'm on air now. We're going to try the new segment, like I said, where we, we showcase a particular wrestler, first an older one, then we'll switch to a newer one, and then keep on going back and forth from now until the end of time, or this podcast at least. Um, and next week we'll be doing Great Muda. But we, we have these lists that we did of top ten. Uh, and we did our top 10 um, male performers in WWE and then male performers top 10 outside of the WWE. Well, for for the uh, tag team and the women wrestlers, since honestly uh, it was going to take me a long time to be able to get two different uh, lists out of this. Because, I mean, if you look at it, there's not uh, – there probably is 10 tag teams in WWE. There, there definitely is. But if I do it like this um, – you know, and just do 10 overall and then 10 overall for the women's, I can get a lot. I can be more honest and find out exactly thoroughly who are my top, if you will. So uh, we'll start off with um, the tag. We'll go from 10, obviously, to 1. 10 being War Machine. War Raiders, uh, awesome tag team, uh, just killing it in New Japan. 
uh, now moved their way over to NXT. But, I mean, it was their stuff I was seeing from them in New Japan um, and Ring of Honor of, you know, just Roe and, and Hanson just destroying people. And that, that projected, you know, so I forgot. I think Rose throws him up and Hanson gives him the, uh, the, the slam uh, for the power slam, if you will. Uh, forward and they're just they're nasty they look scary you know I think in a lot of ways they could be I, and I'm sure that tag teams probably hate this comparison just like wrestlers probably hate being compared to Shawn Michaels or whatnot because it's 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 almost a death wish <laughs> not really but it's it's high expectations with them but they could really be this generation's LOD uh, you know I think a lot of people wanted to see the Ascension do that um I think Tomatonga and Tonga Lo remind me actually of uh, the. I'll get to them, but they kind of remind me of Demolition a little bit in certain ways. But yeah, I think War Machine reminds me a lot of Hawk and Animal with the Road Warriors. So I don't know if they're going to live up to that, but I've seen them do some amazing matches. So I don't know how the hell they'd be able to fuck them up. Then again, NXT great run, go up to Maine, flounder on Raw. So who knows? Nine is Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, the bar, uh, because. They don't set the bar. They are the bar. Uh, it's actually not their verbal skills uh, that get them on this list. I, I agree with a lot of comparisons that they, I think, are this generation's APA, which would definitely mean that Sheamus is JBL uh, in more ways than one. Uh, stiff fighter, uh, just hard ass. And, um, you know, Ron Simmons is more of the athletic style wrestler, if you will. Uh, all of them are brawlers. All of them are badasses, hard hitters. Uh, I, I definitely think that that comparison is – I didn't even see WWE make that comparison, so I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. So number nine, the bar. Number eight, SoCal Uncensored. This is a trio, Scorpio Sky, uh, Christopher Daniels, and uh, Frank Kazarian, and they're awesome. They're kind of heelish. And one of those type of things, like another one that we'll be talking about soon, where they're all pretty much heels. And they travel, their belts are kind of like the free bird thing if they were to have them. But people like them, and they're funny, and they're awesome. And, I mean, it's it's great. I'm pretty sure uh, Christopher Daniels, he's going to be 49 this year. My God, he looks so incredibly in shape. Um, really, really nice guy, too. Uh, yeah. All right, so number eight, SoCal. Uh, number seven, Lucha, the, or, or what you call it? Yeah, the Lucha Bros, uh, Phoenix and Pentagon. My, I've seen some incredible matches this last year with the two of them together. And I hope that anything they do in the future, with NXT, don't just put them as a tag team. That's a waste to both of them and their potential. But eventually put them together. I mean, I think that that's inevitability. So, they're incredible. They have great chemistry. You know, they're, they're one of several set of brothers that just kick ass on this list. And um, I enjoy every match when I see the two of them individually and especially together. All right. So six is going to be Gorillas of Destiny. Um, another set of brothers that just kick ass. Tongalo, Tabatanga, uh, just, I mean, just stuff that I saw at the New Japan event. They're, they are awesome. And they are persistent of getting better. Tama Tonga's fast. Tongalo's the strong, you know, muscle in the group. And they're nasty. Uh, so, yeah, Girls of Destiny. And then uh, number five, the Golden Lovers. 
Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, incredible stuff they do in the ring. Uh, the thing where all the anime-like stuff that they do, where one's on one corner of the other one, and they run across, do the moonsault to the outside, sequence perfectly every single time. Uh, you know, the you can't escape, you know, thing where it rolls into one, and then Kota Ibushi does another one. Just brilliant stuff. I mean, any of that stuff, if they, if they mess it up once, it would just throw off the whole entire rhythm, and that's how good of rhythm that they have, and you can tell that they've been a tag team for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, that's my next one. Um, all right, so where am I? So, 10 War Machine, 9 The Bar, 8 SoCal, 7 Lucha Bros, 6 Grills of Destiny, 5 Golden Lovers, 4 Undisputed Era. Yeah. Adam Cole, baby. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish, a rotating four horsemen meets DX group of awesome individuals that always bring it when it comes to promos and also hard-hitting in wrestling skills. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite factions, period, uh, up there with LIJ and the Bullet Club and so many other ones. Uh, over Shield, actually. I don't care about that top five fucking Western WWE. I love Shield, but I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, Undisputed Era, awesome. Hope they do amazing things. Uh, when they get Kevin Owens to join them and they show up on Raw, Wreck House, whatever that is. All right, three is the Usos. Uso brothers are fucking incredible. Uh, Jay and Jimmy Uso are both great wrestlers, come from an amazing lineage, much like the Gorillas of Destiny, and also. I'll say it, you know, no, no, yeah, much like the Girls of Destiny, they just, the Pacific Islanders, um, the different Samoans and, and, and you know, Tongans, it doesn't matter. They're, they're it's like they're bred for this. They're, they're incredible with wrestling. Um, and, uh, you know, every time they keep on getting with younger talent that gets better and better, you know. And these guys, they're cousins with The Rock, their cousins with Roman Reigns, or maybe Roman's cousins with them throughout. I, I don't remember exactly. These are Rikishi's kids. So, yeah, no, they're related to The Rock. Um, but, yeah, Uso brothers, they're awesome. It doesn't matter. They're great heels. They're great as baby faces. They do go the, wherever they go. Two. So we're at, yes, the New Day. I think I, I, you can figure out who my number one is. New Day is awesome. Xavier Woods. Kofi Kingston, Big E, pancakes making, booty shaking, uh, cereal dropping, fucking Mr. Bootyworth popping. Uh, by the way, Mr. Bootyworth, no one knew about this. That's Dewey fully. A lot of people didn't realize he lost a lot of weight. That's actually uh, Fully's. What, what, what did Jerry used to call him? Fully's or. Police Mama's Baby Boy's Baby Boy. I don't remember the exact thing. Someone said it and did it way better. I think it was Sam Roberts. Uh, oh, well. I'll, I'll try next time. But, yeah, that was Dewey. So he actually is the one who helps them uh, write a lot of their, their material, apparently. And um, that's that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, New Day's awesome. I, I still think that it would have been awesome if they would have won the WWE title and just hot potatoed it between the three of them. I think that would have been really cool and something different. And uh, I kind of hope that they do something similar to that. I mean, their dynamic is being an amazing tag team group, but I think all of them 
you know, potentially could be the Universal or WWE champion. So we'll have to wait and see for that one. The number one is Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, just consistent, amazing, incredible matches. Um, both spot mania sometimes and also very, very structured storytelling. Um, the whole back issue with Matt throughout this whole entire year that they keep on going back to, it just it, it adds a different layer of realism. Uh, these guys really take it seriously. Uh, they're both incredible to watch in the ring. They're both incredibly agile. Uh, they're both, uh, you know, just awesome wrestlers. Um, and uh, some of my favorites. Uh, I would say out of tag teams, they are my number one. And, you know, when it comes to wrestlers, not WWE or, you know, everything together, basically. Matt and Nick are going to be up there very, very high for me uh, individually as well. So whatever they do. I'm going to be watching them. I don't have to worry about this whole, like, if they go to WWE or not. You know, they're they're there for my viewing uh, pleasures wherever they go. All right, let me do my top ten favorite female wrestlers. Um, this is really hard. And this is, like I said, just like all these, this is currently. This is how I feel currently. That's why I said with the male competitors for WWE, you didn't hear Aleister Black or Braun Strowman. Ron Strowman, they turned heel, kind of killed a lot of his momentum, including me wanting to put him against or over certain other people that I really do still like, particularly right now. Uh, Alistair Black's awesome. I, he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites from last year and the year before that. He's injured, though. So that's where I kind of rate this. Um, man, I realize Naomi's not on this list, and she's got to be the one right next to making it. Um, if not, nose and nose. I'm going to say 10. I'm going to kind of say it's split. Naomi should be there, but they haven't done a damn thing with her in WWE. Uh, that she's, she's won a lot. She's done a lot by herself. But uh, Ronda Rousey is 10. And it's, it's because I think she has all the potential in the world. She's already got great value uh, of her being this phenomenon. You know, and, and people can hate on her all they want, whatever. I mean, that, that's fine. Yeah, okay, so you're going to say, and, and I get it to an extent that Ronda Rousey, the playing field wasn't as leveled back when she was dominating. Okay, that's fine. She was still a dominant fighter. She still has a pretty damn good record. Uh, she still brought attention to female combat sports, including professional wrestling. Um, you know, I, I think that, I think she's awesome. And and a lot of people that bitch about her are usually stupid. They're, like, a lot of people are like, Oh, she's using Roddy Roddy Piper's gimmick. It's something that they gave her permission to do because she – I'm not going to get back into it. But I like Ronda Rousey. I think that she's really good at selling. She's really good at dominating and doing the pump up. I think she needs to figure out a balance. Uh, she should be a dominating force. So that means she doesn't have to sell unless she gets really screwed over heelishly throughout a match. So, sorry, I just had, thought I felt the spider crawl on me. So if you – Notice me, uh, you know, make the uh, sound inflection difference. That, that's what that was. I think I'm losing it. I thought a daddy long legs touched my leg. Well, that'd be scary. You're just, you know, chilling. All of a sudden, somebody crawls on you. Ugh, I hate that. All right. So, yeah. So, Ronda kind of is 10, but it's like her and Naomi both, they, they should kind of fight for that spot, I think. Nine is Candice LeRae. Not so much with her with NXT, but... Uh, a lot of the matches I saw with her on the indies before she came to NXT, 
She's a fucking badass. Uh, she's one of the reasons why I started realizing, even though I don't like particularly his shtick, Jerry Ryan's a damn good wrestler because their tag team was pretty damn good. And I've not seen a lot of ladies, uh, you know, have the crimson mask <laughs> on them, but she rocked it, and she just seems like she's a balls to the wall. You know, she'll go all in, style wrestler, and uh, Johnny Gargano's uh, really lucky to have that. A beautiful beautiful bride and also i think they're married yeah yeah they're married and also someone that's that deeply into wrestling to connect with that's pretty awesome so nine is candice LeRae. eight is sasha banks i can't take the boss off this list i felt bad for i don't have bailey on it but <sighs> sasha is such a badass and she's such a great wrestler and she's so underutilized um ugh, it just it's aggravating uh but she's still amazing and whenever i see her in the ring she puts on great performances. So she's at number eight, number seven, Laurel Vaness herself, Chelsea green. Um, I love this wrestler. She is awesome. She's dating Zach Ryder, which is pretty cool. I heard her complain about him and his acting figure, figure collection on edge and Christian podcast. Uh, good Canadian, uh, girl, uh, seems very sweet. Wasn't into wrestling that much, but just picked it up naturally. And, uh, not a lot of people could say that, uh, number six, Rosemary. Rosemary's been out for a minute. You know, it, it seems like she's had a string of injuries, which is unfortunate, but uh, she's she's awesome. She, I really would love to see her pop up in WWE. Um, everyone, pretty much, if you're a consistent listener, know that I have a, a weird crush uh, with her and the makeup and everything. Um, it's I it's it, I feel her personality throughout makeup. That's kind of weird. Um, but no. Uh, seriously, she's she's an awesome wrestler, and I enjoy uh, seeing her do her thing. Um, love her gimmick. Uh, not a lot of people have embraced that stuff. I think if they would let Finn Balor embrace the demon completely, I think that he would be able to get a lot more of his, um, you know, I, maybe it's just me, but I really think it's kind of bullshit that he would like to, it seems from stuff I've heard, that he has no problem doing the makeup every night, that it's Vince that's wanting it to be a once-in-a-while thing. But it's kind of hurting him that he's not doing it all the damn time uh, because it just it doesn't have as much effect as, you know, if you were to do it, bring up stock, make him more intimidating, give him a reason to beat a lot of people consistently and probably just bring him up enough, you know, so he's not just a smiling um, smile guy. Uh, you know, he's the fucking real rock and roller. The real. All right. Number five, Tony Storm. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Wow. She is an incredible wrestler, incredibly young, super talented, beautiful, a lot of fun, um, you know, cheeky, if you will. Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed Tony Storm. It sucks that she got injured, I think, recently. I think, I think that was uh, not too long ago. Um, but I hope to see her at the top. Man, I would like to see her with the uh, women's... I think they're doing a women's UK thing. I don't remember exactly. I know that UK division is going to happen at some point, sometime, somewhere. Who knows when? All right, four, Asuka. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she would be higher. She definitely would. They just haven't done shit with her. They really haven't. She's still probably the best, like, most skilled female wrestler on the roster, arguably. Uh, maybe Kitty Sane, who didn't make my list, who I also really like. Um, would be up there with her, you know, maybe Charlotte, but they're just inconsistency with how they use her. 
That's the reason why she got so low. But um, next, we got Tessa Blanchard, number three. Uh, Tessa is money. She is awesome. Uh, she's. It's like they mix certain aspects. I mean, she does this naturally. She exudes confidence, and she's got this. It, certain elements of Carmella and certain elements of Charlotte is displayed in her times ten, and it it just comes off radiantly from her. She's the current uh, Impact champion in the women's division there, and she's a badass. Number two, Charlotte Flair. Woo! I think she should go heel, but, I mean, outside of losing to Carmella twice, she's had one hell of a year, was a champion, dominant twice, um, beat Oscar Mania. She's a great in-ring wrestler, great athlete, great personality, gorgeous, charismatic, charismatic as hell. She's definitely, you know, um, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to be at that level like Rick is when it comes to mic ability and just improving and this natural style that the Nature Boy had. But she gets pretty damn close. She's definitely uh, cut from the same cloth, if you will. That leaves my number one to Becky Lynch. I think Becky is great in the ring. She's had a great year. She is uh, dominating as a babyface, even though she's painted as a heel, <laughs> and. Uh, I just think that she, she's been one of my favorites, and she's definitely raised up uh, to the ranks, I think, uh, of the top, at the top of my list. Um, she's a badass. Um, I'm not going to say that Ronda Rousey's, you know, wrestling belt doesn't matter as much as Becky's, but the, I think Becky gives it a little bit more, um, more of an edge, and I don't mean the wrestler, but yeah. There you go, guys. That is my top ten when it comes to tag teams currently in wrestling, and then female wrestlers currently in wrestling. So that is going to be it for me tonight, guys. You know, I don't, I don't really have much more to say. But, um, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, must have been a little bit weird, uh, just me speaking. But, you know, we're going to have Chris back next week. It's going to be fine. I want to have to, you know, kind of fumble between trying to figure out the pay-per-view on air like I did this time. But uh, we'll, we'll have everything in order. And we're going to start off with that new segment with the Great Muda. So look forward to that. Remember, all of our information, Wrestling Geeks Alliance is affiliated with Geek Vibes Nation. You can check us out at gvnation.com. There you will find all of the news that we cover, all of our articles by our amazing writers, for sports, for wrestling, for video games, for everything. Uh, and you'll find links for our blog talk, for all of our podcasts that you're listening to now, the iTunes account for that, and then our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. Join the Twitter, join the Instagram, join the Facebook. Let us know what you think. If you guys want to be part of the conversation for this show specifically, go to Geek Vibes Nation on Facebook, join our group, post stuff, and if you want to ask questions or talk about this exact episode, find it throughout the, uh, you know, the posts on our Geek Vibes Nation page, and then comment on it. I mean, it's that easy. I'd love to get some more interaction with you guys out there, because I know you're listening. Um, but yeah, thank you for, you know, joining us tonight, like I said, and uh, that's all I got to say. And that's the bottom line. 
Love the Geek Vibes be with you. Peace out. Hey, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Not down with that. We got two words for you.